0: Today on the No City on the Sideline Dad podcast, episode...
1: Episode 100! 100.
0: <laughs> 100. Thank you, Sean. It's all about the myths and misconceptions about eating right with my guest, Jennifer Trippick, host of the podcast, Salad with a Side of Fries, we just, we we discuss health and wellness, eating right, losing some weight, exercising. This is going to be a fun podcast. So let's jump right in. Welcome to the No Sitting
1: on the Sideline Dad Podcast, a podcast about a journey of discovery
0: and conversations about not sitting on the sideline of life. Let's get involved. Here's host Joe Foley. Hey, welcome to the podcast. my name is Joe Foley. I want to thank you for being here. I really, really want to say thank you because it's my 100th episode. It's a big deal to me. It's a milestone. It's like I made it to 100. I want to make it to 200. (laughs) You know, finally I have to make a hundred episode. I kind of figure out the three words that kind of sum up this podcast. You figured I should have known this like episode five or six or something like that. This podcast is about self-discovery, self-improvement, and being a better parent. So you choose to spend time listening. means a lot to me. And if this is your first time, welcome. Welcome to the podcast. I really do appreciate you being here. Next, up, my interview with Jennifer Trippick, host of The Salad with a Side of Fries. Jennifer's also a health and wellness coach. She helps people become healthier and teaches them more about exercise eating right. This interview, we talked about misconceptions about eating right and losing weight. Are carbs bad for you? A little bit about processed food, which I found really, really interesting. She had a really interesting conversation about many things, about calorie counting, how many bites, you know, that's, that's a real important one. Listen to this in the episode. In Calor County, something we talked about, too. And, and you know how I learned something cool about the food pyramid? <laughs> I didn't know this, but I found it very fascinating. Jennifer shares a lot of good information, so let's jump right in. Welcome to the podcast, Jen.
1: Thanks for having me. This is awesome, Joe.
0: I know I said in the intro, but I, I really do like the name of your podcast. How did you come up with that?
1: Thank you. Yeah, it's funny It's actually my default order generally when I'm eating out a salad with a side of fries. And I was thinking about calling the podcast French fries and cookie dough because those are foods that I will never give up. And I've been a health coach for almost 13 years now and, you know, a lifetime of a health weight saga before that. French fries and cookie dough kind of didn't really do justice to what we were going to talk about.
0: <laughs>
1: and so I was like, okay. And I was with, I had a consultant teach me how to podcast and we were eating and I ordered salad with a side of fries. And he was like, um, I think that's your podcast title. And I was like, I think you're right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's interesting too. i never really really that combination. I mean, you know what, if you run out of ketchup, you can always dip your French fries in the salad dress and there you go. Absolutely. (laughs) Well, one thing I was curious, how did you get involved in something like this, like being a health and wellness coach?
1: Sure. So it started from my own weight saga. I can't even call it a journey, right? It was a (laughs) saga. Um, I grew up the skinny one in a family of dieters, which was awesome until that went away, (laughs) (laughs) which happens, you know, genetics. And I then was like, when I started to gain weight, I was like, okay, I know what to do. I watched my family do this my whole life. And so I did the whole yo-yo thing up and down every fad diet, this one, then the next one. And that was what I learned to do and what I saw my family do. And it was sort of like two worlds colliding when I came to this mission. On the one hand, I had learned about the program that I now teach. And at first I was like, no, no, no. (laughs) Like I've got my thing. I'm good. And then I saw people who were following this program and noticed that they were keeping the weight off. And the other thing I noticed was this woman was telling her story and I remember it vividly. She was telling her story, losing 150 pounds and I am staring at her and I can't see where 10 pounds would have been on her body, let alone the equivalent of another human attached to her. And I said to myself, I was like, get over yourself. Mm -hmm. They know something you don't know. (laughs) Right. And I followed the program. It completely changed my life. It is the only thing that's allowed me to say I've kicked my food issues. And so I was like, this is my thing because the other side, the other world that collided with that was I graduated from undergrad shortly, you know, maybe a year or two before, and I was bored at work. And I was looking for something to do on the side because I didn't know what I was going to do. I just knew I couldn't work for someone else for the rest of my life. So I found this program. It changed my life, and I was like, "This is my thing. Like I am on a mission to help people help themselves with this information." And the rest is history, as they say.
0: Well, it's interesting you said something about. It. I was. Just like, I don't want to get back to way to finish what you were saying, but what was your food issues?
1: So many, <laughs> <laughs> right? I think you know, growing up a dancer, there was always a body awareness. And then on the other side of that, growing up with people who were always following diets, there's a lot of conflicting information and confusion. And I always, I mean, I was always a good eater. Like I always ate and I always ate vegetables, but I definitely had the capacity to go to town on a jar of peanut butter, (laughs) you know, like- me, a jar of peanut butter, a spoon, even some chocolate chips. Right. And it was like, it didn't necessarily cause a weight issue, but those habits were not necessarily healthful. And then I think too, there were times in my life where, especially when I started needing to pay more attention to all of it, there were times where I felt like sometimes when I was eating, it was like, this is the last time I'm ever going to have this was sort of the approach I had with that food. It was like, you know, I couldn't get it in my mouth fast enough or I couldn't get enough of it. Or I had to have so much until I was sick. And all of those kinds of things are really standing in the way
0: of our optimal health. One thing I found the reason I brought you on today was to talk about some of the myths and misconceptions about eating right. And yeah. I listened to your latest episode about the raisin brand. And it kind of <laughs> made me think about that because, you know, they market it to you, like we're going to say a Raisin Bran, but they market it to you, like a healthy choice for breakfast. So, yeah. it, and, and I didn't realize that you started reading the back of the ingredients and what is for, I eat Cheerios. I mean, just a bowl of Cheerios, no sugar, or nothing. I'm like, I just looked at it a few minutes ago and I realized I, for my son, who's seven, so it's four plus. So it's a, a cup and a half for breakfast. And I, I think I probably eat more than a cup and a half because a cereal bowl, I right? fill it up to the top. Right, they make those tub. bowls big. Yeah, they make, build a bowl. I'm like, I'm eating way too much.
1: And even still, I think a lot, first of all, just backing up, yeah. part of the confusion is that, you know, we grew up with that food pyramid, right? Yes. The food pyramid was based on economics, not nutrition. Oh, well, I didn't know that. It, it, most of us didn't. Most of us still don't, right? And basically it was designed for us to eat what we grow. What do we grow in this country? We grow corn, Mm -hmm. some wheat, right? That's our grains. That's our cereal. And so, so that's why it was like the biggest part of that food pyramid. But no one on this planet has a grain deficiency. And by way of nutrition and vitamins and minerals and nutrients, grains are pretty inefficient as a source, Right, compared to vegetables and fruit and protein that really give our body the building blocks of what it needs to function. So, a lot of what we've been told over the years is misinformation and information with different goals than your goal of health or potentially weight loss. It's set us up. So, I think one of the big things for everybody to realize is like, you haven't failed, the diets have failed you. The nutrition information you've been provided has failed you, because they had other motives. Their motives were more aligned with profit, and I'm not against profit. I mean, all of us, you know, yeah, make good. money, money. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, by all means. But we're taking information from people whose objective is different than we think is the motive for that information.
0: Well, the one thing I was looking up, I I, I was kind of having fun today because I had a few minutes today at work to do this, but is um, looking up some myths and misconceptions about healthy eating and dieting. And yeah. three of them, um, I could probably put a fourth one here, but I'm going to go with three now and see what, what we have. The, okay. fir- the first one is carbs. Are carbs bad for you?
1: I love this question. Okay, so the trick to carbs, no, carbs are not bad for you. Carbohydrates, right, is what carbs stands for. Are one of our macronutrients. So, one of the nutrients that our body needs in great supply. Carbohydrates are the preferred form of fuel for the body. However, when we think of the word carbs, we tend to think of popcorn and cereal and bread and bagels, which are really grains, right? So, grains are a kind of carbohydrate, but you can also get carbohydrates from vegetables and fruit. So carbohydrates are not bad inherently and the kind of carbohydrates that we want most are fiber, fiber is, you know, kind of carbohydrate. So we want to be getting our fiber from vegetables and fruit and then a little bit of grain. Like we can think about grains more like a condiment. Ketchup, mustard, salad dressing, they add a little flavor, maybe a little crunch, right? A little something texture adding to the meal versus a food group. So carbohydrates inherently are not bad, but it's the way we think about carbohydrates as being grains and and often highly processed food is what we don't necessarily need by way of carbohydrates.
0: Well, that's my next question. And then my next myth is processed food bad for you. Cause I obviously, the, I, is it bad for you?
1: So this is complicated because everybody has to make choices based on where they are in their life and in relation to their goal and what makes sense for them. So if, and it depends what processed foods. So if your alternative to a Twix is some deli meat, turkey, that deli meat turkey is processed, but I would prefer you eat the deli meat turkey over the Swiss, right? But if our option is actual fresh turkey, that is better than the processed turkey. And the reason is the processed foods have a lot of chemicals and additives that can disrupt our body, that can inhibit our body's ability to know when we're full. So processed foods, especially like chips, and candy and candy bars and a lot of processed food have chemicals in them that actually turn off our ability to know when we're full. Oh wow. Right. There's a hormone called leptin. Mm-hmm. And just like we can become insulin resistant, right? Insulin's also a hormone. We can become resistant to leptin. Leptin is the hormone that tells us when we're satisfied. Oh, wow. So our body can basically stop responding to that hormone, and that happens a lot when what we're feeding ourselves are food-like substances where it seems like food, But what your body's actually getting are a bunch of chemicals and new to nature molecules that it doesn't actually know what to do with well,
0: it's a funny thing you two said about you said about economics about processed food and stuff like that. I won't name the stores, but it begins with a w. and another store in my in my ear, it begins with an m. We'll just leave it at that m and w. They're both supermarkets, they both sell food, and they're both different areas of the of the city. Okay. It's interesting to watch because I shop at both of them an interesting watch to see the processed food what they what they because that that neighborhood and that area they're pushing the processed food because it's cheaper they' are yep. going to this this grocery store. you may pay a little bit more money, but you get better quality in different varieties. It's kind of interesting to watch
1: yeah. You're exactly right. And processed food lasts longer on the shelf. It costs less. So there's a lot of reasons why over time we have gone to lean on those processed foods. We've also been told that, you know, eat less, fewer calories is the right way to go. And that also lends itself to a lot of processed food. And when they cut out one thing, they often add another. And so again, the more processed it is, the further from nature... You know, and then it impacts our body differently.
0: Well, you said something interesting too, and, uh, and it, it triggered some of my thought about that is counting calories. I mean, I mean, especially like apps like MyFitnessPal and stuff, you go, all right, I have 2,500 calories. So if I calculated, I can have four Twix bars and two Twinkies. That'll be totally. My-. But that's, okay. I mean, that, that some people think that way. I mean, but that's not really good for you.
1: No, exactly. And so you don't need a nutrition degree to know, no. right, that eating that way isn't good for us but technically, right? If you're, if you're subscribing to the calories in calories out philosophy, then that's okay. I always say it's not calories in calories out. It is quality in quality out, get up and move more. So it's not about the number of calories. It's about the quality of the calories. What are the, what nutrition are those calories giving us? And that's where we want to put our energy as opposed to just looking at that calorie number.
0: I mean, I've had experience myself. I'm just giving my, uh, my experience. I did the calorie count and I lost about wow, 15 pounds, sure. but, um, but also, but short, it, it, term. It, it, short term, but it had a, it had a benefit I think too, is this, because I think everybody needs to, to see in front of them, what, what's going on, what their choices are. Cause you know, you can easily go through your favorite coffee shop and grab a, you know, grab a bagel and grab a coffee. And you don't realize the, well, how many calories is that? Oh, that's a coffee. How many calories can that be? Well, how much sugar is that? Who knows? And the bagel, right. there you go. You don't know. Well, but what's in front of right. you and you see it on, on, a, on a sheet of paper or an app, it kind of helps.
1: Yeah. So there's an awareness factor, but the truth is it's also a confusion factor. Because just because something is low in calories or just because something is high in calories is not an indication of whether it's a quality choice or not a quality choice. For example, nuts. Nuts are calorically dense, but they offer us quality fat and a little bit of protein. And if your option is a candy bar or a handful of nuts, I'm gonna say go for the nuts, even though it might technically be more calories than that other bar. So we really want to look at what those calories are made of, where those calories are coming from, as opposed to just a sheer calorie count.
0: Well, that's interesting too. I'm not sure it's not really a myth or a misconception, but I think it's sugar. Sugar plays. Oh, oh yeah. Sugar plays a big part in everything, and even even my coffee in the morning, I get the sugar in the in the in the um, and I was thinking about that. I was listening to you, an episode you did about coffee on your podcast and stuff like that. I used to drink those sugar, you know, the, the, um, what do you call those power drinks, you know, sugar drinks mm-hmm. that make you, make your teeth like feel like they're ready to fall out of your head yeah. kind of, <laughs> <laughs> kind of drinks. I used to drink that when I was younger. And, but I'm like, my coffee is just, just as much sugar in it as one of those drinks. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Maybe.
1: Yeah. It's certainly possible. And the challenging piece with sugar is twofold. One, sugar, along with all of our food impacts our blood sugar. Our blood sugar is what determines if we are storing fat or burning fat. So we need to keep our blood sugar. So if your blood sugar is too low, either because we haven't eaten enough or we haven't eaten in a long time. And when our blood sugar is too high, which can happen because we've eaten too much or we've chosen high glycemic impact foods. Like we sit down at the restaurant and we start the meal with that bread basket.
0: Oh yeah.
1: (laughs) Right. So we start the meal with the bread basket. Even if what we ordered for dinner was like steamed fish and vegetables with nothing on it, your body's going to store that as fat because the bread basket that we started with spiked our blood sugar and put us in a fat burning zone. Oh wow. I'm sorry. A fat storage zone. So the extremes of too high and too low we're storing fat. Our objective is to keep our blood sugar in a middle zone by choosing low glycemic impact foods and fueling our body regularly while we're awake to keep our blood sugar levels even and in this middle zone where we're never storing fat. So that's one thing about sugar. The other thing about sugar is that it's addictive. Yes. <laughs> and, and it is an acquired taste. So, what that means is we learn that it tastes good when we're kids. Oh, yeah. Right. We aren't born knowing that that tastes good. We learn that. And as an acquired taste, the more we have it, the more we want it, the more we have it, the more of it we have to have for something to register as sweet. So maybe the coffee started out with one packet of yeah. sweetener and fast forward, you're up to three or four. It's because our taste buds have adjusted. And now in order for that drink to taste sweet, it has to be even sweeter.
0: It's almost like it's almost like somebody who um has a problem with alcohol or other substances. It's almost like sugar is kind of the same kind of addiction.
1: Yep, a 1000%. And there are people who metabolize sugar into alcohol, right? It can ferment in the body to a degree. But it has a lot of the same tendencies and processes as addictive substances. Absolutely. Well, it that- turns on the same parts of the brain, by the way.
0: <laughs> when you see that like you drive by that ice cream stand going I really want that rocky road right there and a, and a nice comb like right there I'm Like, keep going, keep going, keep driving. Right? <laughs> totally. <laughs> but I I I, inter- I understand that too in the sugar addiction part about that. But one thing I was interested in too, and because um, because Thanksgiving's coming up, and I you mentioned something this in your um podcast. I was listening to the Thanksgiving one. Everybody should check that one out, actually. And about Three bites. I found that really fun. the Uh, three-bite rule. The three-bite rule. I I had to mention it tonight because I really found that fascinating. Okay, so
1: the episode is called Talking Turkey, yep, and it is from November of 2019. I don't remember exactly what week. And the three-bite rule. So this comes from a little bit of the neuroscience stuff where basically the only bites that we actually taste are the first the second, and the last. And it's like, those are the ones I think where we're paying the most attention. Oh, wow. You know, we're really actively present and aware and tasting that food. So especially when it comes to the indulgences, if those are the the only ones that we're actually tasting, then what if those are the only ones we need? The first, the second, and the last. So we can have three bites, really enjoy them and move on.
0: I never thought about that way because, yeah, because the first bite for me is, oh, this is great. Second bite, oh, this is really good. Last bite, I wish I had some more. Um, Right. (laughs) It's almost gone. Oh, it's gone. (laughs) I just found that really fascinating about that whole three-bite rule because nobody makes you think about that for a second. One, anything you like, any gadgets, do you use gadgets or any apps or anything you like to use when you um, talk about this stuff?
1: I personally, I'm a big fan of the Apple watch Mm -hmm. or any sort of gadget that's going to remind you to get up and move. I think they don't like, I am not a fan. Don't use the calorie counters on them. Don't pay attention to the calorie counter on the workout machine, but we can use it not as an absolute barometer, but as a barometer for ourselves from day to day so I love those. I love when my when my watch tells me it's time to stand up, <laughs>
0: you know, like. congratulate congratulates you. Right. I have, I have not watched too. I know.
1: Right. Or when it says, you know, your, your move ring is normally further along in the day by this time, <laughs> you know, that's the get up, you know? <laughs> so I'm a big fan of that, but as far as tracking food or what, Everybody has to find what's going to work for themselves. So I have some clients who will use my fitness pal and send me screenshots. I have some clients who just use the notes app on their phone and send me screenshots. I have paper journals that I work with, with my clients. They'll use that and take a picture of the page. I have other clients who will take a photo of their plate and then email it to themselves so that the email has a timestamp. So it's really, I think, Tracking this information is incredibly valuable. It's collecting all the data so that we have it because only with the data can we identify patterns. And it's really troubleshoot, try a bunch of different things, see what works. You know, be willing to keep trying different tools till you find something that fits into your life because you don't want it to be an extra whole thing.
0: It's because, it, you know, more information in front of you, better than you understand. That's, that's important too. I really I think that's important. One thing I just want to ask a little more about your podcast, one word that came up, and I, I want to make sure I ask this question, is micronutrients. I really don't know what that is. Can you explain what that is? Okay. So macronutrients. Oh, my, macro. Yeah, I said it wrong.
1: <laughs> no, but there are micro also. So macronutrients are protein, carbohydrates, and fat. Those mm. are the nutrients that we need in large quantities. And then micronutrients are the vitamins and minerals that our body needs to survive. So there are some, you know, by way of fad diets, right? There is this idea of counting your macros. I don't think we need, I'm not a big fan of counting things like that gets in my head a bit, but the idea of focusing on our macronutrients and getting our micronutrients through those same food choices is what we really want to do.
0: Well, that, that, that answers the question. I really do appreciate it. And I'm um, also I guess wrapping up final thoughts, anything you want to leave, maybe some little bit of advice, some parting advice.
1: Yeah. So my favorite tip, it's so I already gave you quality in quality out, get up and move more. Another one, if you're taking notes or you write things down, this is one to write down. Protein and fiber at every meal makes removing fat
0: no big deal. Oh, that's pretty cool.
1: <laughs> protein and fiber at every meal makes removing fat no big deal. So protein is clean, lean f- protein, whatever mm-hmm. you want it to be, animal or plant fiber is vegetables and sometimes fruit and a meal is anytime you eat the difference between a meal and a snack is just how much we have at a time and then the last thing we want to get which i haven't quite figured out how to put it in that sentence <laughs> is quality fat a couple times a day well
0: <laughs> that, thank you very much Jen. i really do appreciate it. if they want to reach out and ask more questions to find out more about what you offer and something how can they connect
1: Absolutely. Instagram is probably the easiest. I'm at Jen Trebek, J E N N T R E P E C K. The podcast is salad with a side of fries. So wherever you're listening now, you can find us. And I also have, I know you have a challenge at work
0: Yep, <laughs> going on,
1: right? A weight loss challenge at work. I have right now a 14 day and a 30 day challenge. It comes with one-on-one coaching. It is all on your schedule. You can do it between Thanksgiving and Christmas, you can make it your plan for January, you know, new year, new you kind of thing, (laughs) but fit it into your schedule and make yourself and your health a priority because you deserve it and you are worth it.
0: Jen, I really do appreciate you being on the podcast today. All links will be in the show notes. I really do appreciate it. Thank you.
1: Joe, thank you so much.
0: Wrapping up the episode, I want to say thank you to Jennifer Trippick for being a guest on the podcast. You can find more about her over at salad with a side of fries podcast.com. You can find all the links in the show notes over at no city on the sideline.com slash 100. I will have the link to her podcast in the show notes. If you don't have a chance to write it down, I'll make sure it's in the show notes. Please reach out, leave a comment on this episode. Tell me how you liked this episode. I'd really be kind of curious what your thoughts are. Leave a comment, leave it, send an email, whatever way, reach out smoke screen or smoke signal, whatever, reach out. I'd love to hear your thoughts about this. Also, I wanted to save this for the last, because I really wanted to talk about Jennifer first, but I want to say thank you for listening to this podcast. I can't believe I made it to 100. It's a big deal to me. This is really a goal. And if I had some, like, horns and confetti right now, that's probably what I would do right now. I really want to say thank you for listening there's more great episodes, more interviews coming up, more guests. Hey, I might even throw a couple solo episodes in and see how I can do that. Overcome my fear. Learn something new. <laughs> or really, I really want to say thank you for listening. Until next time, take care. Enjoy the holidays, even though we're right now the time there's going to be a pandemic. Call a friend. Call an uncle. Call a loved one. Tell them how much you care about them if you can't be there for this year. Give your kids a hug and tell them how much you love them. Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, whatever you do, whatever you celebrate. Until next time, take care. God bless. See ya.